0: Are you all caught up, Abag... Ash?
1: Yes, Justin. But uh, Why do you do these broadcasts? Uh, The... what do you call them? The Audio-Etheric Transmissions? Did you start this job knowing, I I don't know, anything?
0: You're right. At first, I didn't know anything. I thought it was play-acting or just testing a system. I didn't realize Petra and Erasmus were real people. Does it
1: feel funny being in someone else's head?
0: It did in the beginning, but then I just kind of got used to it. And I became very invested in Petronella, in her success, Erasmus too, and eventually you. I was so relieved that you made it here after.
1: But why do you broadcast the transmissions to the 21st century? I can answer your question. Huay identified that time period as a pressure point. Late-stage capitalism, looming climate disaster, the death throes of white supremacy and a global pandemic combined to make a world ripe for change. Those alive in that era had an opportunity to make the adjustments necessary to avoid the cataclysm.
0: But then Les du started trying to change time and the 21st century didn't alter course.
1: We've seen no evidence of changed world yet but Rayboillon has not given up hope. Perhaps the final pieces of our puzzle will prove key. That is why he chose not to talk about what happened with Julio in April on the broadcast.
0: Exactly. We put it in the written record, but right now we have to keep every advantage we have. Le du gained access to the past and now-
1: I hate to interrupt, but Justin, we need to finish the remaining files.
0: Right. Can we set up an Observer feed for Ash? I feel she deserves to know what is happening with her friends as much as I do.
1: Done. Ash, you will need to put on the headset once again.
0: Thank you, Lucy. Please initialize the Telesensation file.
1: File initialized.
0: Greetings and welcome to the Audio-Etheric Transmission, The Tales of Sage and Savant. Our tale stars Eddie Louise as Dr. Petronella Sage, Chip Michael as Professor Erasmus Savant, Emily Riley Pyatt as Ash, and myself, Justin Bremer, as your humble narrator. This episode features the music of our own Chip Michael. You can support the creators and cast of this show by buying our books and merchandise or by joining our Patreon at patreon.com sageandsavant Sage and Savant. This program is entitled An Oroboros Exigency, and is the final episode in our story. We are very grateful that you chose to take this journey with us and encourage each and every one of you to follow your dreams, chase the wild ideas, and have the courage of your convictions. You can change the world. And now, without further ado, we bring you the Tales of Sage and Savant. i Doctor and Professor have returned from the future and prepared their Paris home for the arrival of Boyang. Though the decrepit building is neither elegant nor comfortable, the pair has managed to render it clean and supply it with a few pieces of furniture. Still, it is a cold and echoing space.
2: Hand me those logs, will you, pet? It seems like Paris is trying to drown us.
3: It always rains in Paris in May, and we aren't made of sugar, we shan't melt.
2: Well, speak for yourself. I wouldn't be surprised to see this house spring a leak at any moment and we'll find ourselves being swept away in the flood.
3: It is a bit more rustic than my town home, isn't it? I'm not sure it would be worth it to secure more furnishings, however. I do not know how long we shall remain here.
2: Are you going to return to King's and fight for your position?
3: No, I'm afraid that ship has likely sailed. I'm more concerned with the ominous tidings Abigail brought from the future before...
2: Yes. Yes. Before. But we cannot control the future, Pat. We have discussed this.
3: I cannot control the future. But I shall do everything in my power to control my future. And if there is any action I might take to keep from fomenting the chaos that Abigail told
2: us of. Well, then you will take that action, of course. So, how do you think Wei Boyong will find us?
3: I think it is more a matter of us discovering him. What are likely locations where we might find him?
2: Well, he's drawn to the new and innovative. Perhaps Chardin du Trocadero. He said he hadn't been back to Paris since revolutionary days. What else has been constructed since the demise of the Commune?
3: The Palais Garnier. Does he like opera? Oh, the Eiffel Tower. That's less than 10 years old. Uh, Uh, But when and how do we find him in the crowd?
2: I suggest we create a list of likely sites and promenade between them on the rotating schedule until we find him. We know what he looks like, and to be honest, we know he will be here because he remembered being here. We will find him.
3: I wish he'd remembered more details about when we'd met.
2: Petra, the man was remembering an event that happened centuries before. I'm surprised he remembered that it was Paris when we met. I suggest we be grateful for what we do know, and trust fate to provide the rest.
3: After everything we've been through, Erasmus, you still believe in fate?
2: Oh, yes! It was fate that put me at a table with you for a certain luncheon several years ago. Of that, I have no doubt.
0: In the end, it was a number of days of wandering about Paris, sometimes in springtime sun, sometimes in a deluge of rain, before our pair encountered their old friend. They found him in a state of wonder at the base of that feat of modern engineering, the Eiffel Tower. The master is wearing a natty checked suit with smart cravat and a Homburg hat with a neatly turned brim. He is caught up in a crowd of tourists moving around the base of the great tower, buying tickets and waiting in line for the lifts.
2: Oh, uh, There he is, Weibo oh, Young! Weibo Yang.
0: Oh, Petra and Erasmus hurry over to their friend, ignoring the irritated response of the Parisians. Grosse.
2: Excusez-moi, espèce de heureuse vie. attendez Oui, boyang. My old friend. It is I, Erasmus Savant. And of course, you will know the inimitable Dr. Petronella Sage. Well met, my man. Well met. Ah,
4: Professor Savant, Dr. Sage. Back in France, are you?
0: what adventure are you out upon now?
3: Estelica! Yes, we should stand aside. That is, if you are willing, Master.
0: They pulled him aside to a nearby café to explain themselves over coffee and croissants. So
4: this is you, in the flesh? Both of you? It is indeed. You have more hair than I had imagined, Dr. Sage.
3: Call me Petronella, please. We know each other well enough by now.
4: As you wish.
3: Is my hair...
4: Oh, no. I did not mean to offend. I had simply imagined you to be larger, with more severe personal grooming habits.
2: Do not let her womanly visage and sproingy curls fool you, by Young. She is as fierce as a tiger and stubborn as a mule. <laughs> Erasmus! Now that I see her, I shall not
4: imagine her as anything less than a small, but very determined, leon.
3: I'm sorry.
4: Dual natured? Yes, partially. It can indicate man and woman, or both sides. Colloquially, it might mean sprite and monster. It is a
2: word for when two things are true. Oh, that describes Petra perfectly. And what about me? Am I as you imagined, master? You are indeed the man of learning I expected.
3: (laughs) Yes, that is our Erasmus, an open book.
0: The three friends shared tales of their adventures since last meeting, though Sage and Savant were careful not to mention the times they had met Wei Boyang in the future. Midday faded to twilight as they talked, and the conversation turned to darker things.
2: In addition to our private tragedy, the fire was a devastating loss to the university all of the history department Petrus laboratory and my laboratory was a personal
3: loss not a university one they after all did not know of
4: it so you have been working all this time in secret and in silence
3: not complete secret abigail and erasmus
4: i meant no offense sometimes alchemists must retreat to the mountaintop in order to perform their work uninterrupted.
3: Wei Boyong, there is something I need to ask of you.
4: I am at your service, as always.
2: Since
3: I have lost my position at King's and am most likely to be stripped of my doctorate in the autumn...
2: Oh, that is not a certainty. No,
3: but it is a likelihood. And there's no reason to spare my feelings over it, Erasmus. As I was saying, Wei Boyang, before I was so rudely interrupted, I would like to request that you take possession of the entirety of my research.
4: That is a large responsibility.
2: Are we wrong to assume it is a task you would shoulder? No, you are not mistaken.
4: I simply wish you to know that I understand the gravity of such a request.
0: Having received the Master's agreement, They paid their tab and ventured out into the evening to walk to 57 Rue de Seine.
4: The chronometric, heuristic Le Chargé de l'affaire.
3: The indeterminate measuring of time agency.
4: And you say that I transmigrate into the past to establish this Le Chargé de l'affaire? ...and become a benefactor to your work. We believe so, yes. I must admit to a sense of curiosity for this transmigration alchemy of yours.
3: I am sure you will know everything I know in the fullness of time. The only problem, and it is breaking one of my own rules to tell you this is that we know you do not learn to transmigrate before the year 3000.
4: You know this because you have traveled that far into the future.
3: Further, actually. I've been able to push the boundaries roughly 2300 years in either direction.
2: The things you must have seen. Yes, but she's not going to tell you of them, are you, Patronella?
3: Erasmus is right. This conversation has already broken our rules. Mix Entwistle would be very angry with me. I'm afraid you shall have to learn of the future as it comes to you, Master.
4: If you do not provide me with enough details to arrive at the right moment...
3: But you already have, because that happened in my past. I am confident you will solve the mystery.
0: That was the last our heroes would say on the matter. They invited their friend back to their lodgings to enjoy a late dinner. After a certain amount of wine, the conversation turned philosophical.
4: Yes, the Ouroboros bears some relation to yin and yang. For light, there is dark. For every beginning, an end. Just as Leung can encompass two meanings at once, so the world serpent shows us the circle of life. Some alchemists believe that eternal life is simply a case of continuing along the circle, rather than suffering the interruption of death. In my own work, however, I have proven that it is only after death you can begin this circle again. For if there is no end, how can there be a beginning?
3: So... You believe in life after death, in in heaven?
4: I most emphatically do not embrace the idea of heaven as the Christians have envisioned it. There is no need to wait for death to receive the rewards of a virtuous life. Nor is there joy without the balancing weight of despair. Virtue is its own reward. Yes, but also the act of embracing the duality of life eases the stress of the opposite helps us see that everything changes and spiritual transcendence comes when we accept the divine unity of all things
3: but you died and yet you live forever
4: i do not live on the same earthly plane as before all things on that plane can be described catalogued and studied by science mathematics music, and philosophy. Tao that can be told or described in words is not the Eternal Tao. The Eternal Tao, where what? I now reside, cannot be described. It can only be experienced. But you know this, Petra. You joined me here not too long ago. She... I, I joined, joined you in the Eternal? Briefly. It was only for a moment, and then she said she was being called away. It was near your Western New Year.
2: In December? Oh, We were... She made us perform brain surgery on her. She died, and only came back to me many endless minutes later. Ah, that makes
4: sense. Alchemists first theorized the true nature of the Eternal Tao, following reports of awareness after death from those who had a miraculous recovery from a horrible injury.
3: I'm still not clear how this differs at all from the Christian version of life after death.
4: In the main, I have my corporeal body. I live on another plane of existence, on where life is extended far beyond the bounds of my first life, but still I must eat I evacuate the organs as before. Sleep is still a requirement. Yet, I do not seem to age. I do not die. I have conducted many experiments on myself to determine the parameters of my reality. In the main, time seems to behave differently upon myself than upon the world.
3: It must be lonely.
4: It can be. But I sincerely believe I shall not be alone on this plane forever. Physicists and mathematicians are the alchemists of your age, and they still seek the secrets of the universe. It is highly likely that I was simply a scientist out of time, playing with forces I did not understand, and that I simply locked into a life of Tao.
3: That still would not explain how I joined you in the Tao, and if... that is what happened.
4: Dr. Sage, I am surprised at your stubbornness. You have spent the better part of four years bathing your form in electricity in order to unmoor consciousness from flesh and send it traveling through time and space. Is it that far of a stretch to believe that your consciousness is able to maintain form
2: without the crutch of a physical body? Are you suggesting that Petra's capable of continuing life in some way, even without a body? Not just Petra. Have you not traveled with
4: her, undertaking the same process again and again, yet somehow always remaining yourself?
3: But you did not have that
4: experience my consciousness did not know how to live without my physical form
3: i i'm not sure what i think
4: this too is Tao. Tao is at once the universal pageant of the constellations and the budding of each new leaf in the spring it is the constant round of life and death and all that falls between an undying cycle of change and renewal It is your Ouroboros.
0: As the three friends pass late into the night on the philosophical tide, we'll pause to contemplate our own Ouroboros and the circular nature of existence. And now, dear friends, we invite you to listen to the talented melodical expressions of Chip Michael. Now, back to our story. Dr. Sage spent the next day going through her research records with Wei Boyong, showing him the filing key that connected written diaries to Edison cylinders and creating a key for unfamiliar algorithms so that he might know which pertained to what function. Then she took him to the kitchen below stairs and showed him the transmigration apparatus.
3: I wish you could have seen my laboratory before the fire. It was a much more modern space than this... makeshift. perhaps one day I'll get a chance to rebuild it.
0: They finished the day by finding a solicitor and signing the deed for the property into Wei Boyang's name. After that, the master left to continue his travels. He was quite keen to tour the Eiffel Tower and luncheon in its restaurant. Sage and Savant decided it was important to travel to the future once again, to see if they could determine what progress Les Arrées du Temps had made toward their aims, whatever those were.
2: We could spend our entire lives chasing these people and never find them. The world is large and our awareness of it is small. Many things can only be seen through the lens of history. We should go back to Wei Boyang at the hospital, use his computers to research. But
3: there was only intermittent power there after the fire, and Wei Boyong mentioned that his memories were already changing. He told us he was muddled. I think we need to try and move beyond the ripples of those changes. For a long time now, I've believed that I needed to get to a computer, to use it somehow to find my answers. The most powerful computer either of us has ever encountered are the talking ones you told me of. In Justin's time.
2: Do you even know what a computer is, what it does?
3: Well, I presume it is a machine that uses mathematics to deliver information, Babbage's difference engine taken to its logical extension.
2: I I fail to see how a machine that tabulates polynomial functions could answer questions of time and human motives.
3: A machine cannot calculate human motives exactly. But it could tabulate the probability of certain choices, the likelihood of certain outcomes, especially if it has aggregated historical data. Our problem is that we know our starting point, but we do not know de Temp's end goal, so we cannot see the path between. Since Justin said that organization was of his time, but now they're throwing bricks through windows in our time, it's logical to assume they've done the calculations on probability to know what must change now and in our future to get them to their desired outcome in the present.
2: And you believe that by using the computers of Justin's time, we'll be able to narrow down those possibilities?
3: I think it is our best chance. Do you believe you could find Justin's house again? You said he'd taken you there.
0: With no further delay, our heroes shooted up and blasted themselves into my time. They awoke in bodies kept in suspension gel in the morgue of the hospital. It must have been terrifying to awaken with tubes in the throat and all of their bodily cavities filled with a viscous pink gel. (coughs) Suspension gel is used by investigators to hold a body at the exact physical state it enters at the point of death. It allows for examination in case of crime or violence, for sequestering of disease and infection, and for keeping cadavers in the best possible shape for use in medical schools. Though the majority of teaching in medical schools is done in simulation, it is still preferable for surgeons to pass an examination using actual human flesh before the person under their microscopic scalpel is a living one.
3: Erasmus! Are you all right, Erasmus?
2: (laughs) I wouldn't say I was all right, but I am here.
0: Sage is in the form of a middle-aged woman, savant and a man of roughly similar age. They were victims of food poisoning from a faulty fab unit. Such accidents are rare in this time, but they do still happen. Luckily, the offending food was flushed from the system when the stabilizing gel was introduced just a couple of minutes after death. For once, their bodies need no triage, except for an intense urge to evacuate their bowels and a harsh bout of coughing to expel enough of the gel so that they can breathe normally. Once they have accomplished these basic needs, they scrounge for clothes in the employee lockers and head out to find Justin's apartment. Lucy, do we have any idea when this is?
1: Scanning hospital archives for deaths due to food poisoning. There is nothing in the past week that matches.
0: Okay, so this happens in the future, but how far in the future? There has to be a way we can narr-
1: Justin. Justin. Heart rate normal. Temperature within parameters. Activity in the prefrontal cortex is odd. Looping. Ash is Justin awake. Ash is not responding either.
0: Ting for them to let them in. When Sage entered the apartment. Wait, Lucy, why aren't we recording this?
1: Recording what, Justin?
0: My observations on the record of Sage and Savant showing up at my house last night.
1: There is no record. Sage slash Savant.03,.08,.05,.0769. Justin, did your memory just change? Ash?
0: No. We were reviewing the file. Sage and Savant came here, inhabited bodies that had died of food poisoning. I asked you to identify the date. Then they came to my house. Ash, is that how you remember it? Yes, but... Something feels
1: off. That is because just a couple of moments ago, we were discussing the fact that there was no way I could discover the exact date or time of a future happening. Listen.
0: Once they have accomplished these basic needs, they scrounge for clothes in the employee lockers and head out to find Justin's apartment. Lucy, do we have any idea when this is?
1: Scanning hospital archives for deaths due to food poisoning. There is nothing in the past week that matches.
0: Okay, so this happens in the future, but how far in the future? There has to be a way we can ne- I remember saying that. Weird.
1: Yes, but I definitely remember going home and then you calling me to come over and meet up with my friends. I believe you have just experienced a memory anomaly. This has been happening to Wei Boyang for some time they are likely to grow more frequent. Let me reset the record and see if I can calibrate it to show the new memory of last night. Initializing.
0: One of the benefits of traveling with the professor was his impeccable memory for landmarks. If he has seen it on a map or been there in person, he will unerringly guide you to your chosen destination, navigating by odd shaped tree stump and church medallion, by cemetery and shop signs. It is a comfort to the doctor that in this one aspect, at least, there is no need for her calculations or schemes. Though she had come to this world before, she had not ventured so far from the lake's edge, and the great swathes of forest all looked the same to her untrained eye. They arrived at the housing complex, a multi-blocked residence sprawling through a forested glen like a deconstructed wedding cake. Every home turned to have an unobstructive view, but sharing a common gantry system with a solid core.
2: Those are homes? Remarkable, isn't it? The central core provides all power and access, but each home hangs out into space on its own gantry. They're small, but contain everything one could need. Comfortable, but they do not disturb the landscape. They entered the
0: hall and climbed the stair to my door.
2: He may not be home. Only one way to find out. Oh, they no longer chapped the door. Here, see this panel? He placed his hand on the scanner and announced himself. Professor Erasmus Savant here to see Justin
0: Bremer. The panel lit up with the name Jones Allison, deceased. The security assistant announced.
5: This person is deceased. Attempted fraud in process.
0: Leave now, or the authorities will be alerted. Override. Personal code 697 star 2BZ4K ampersand.
2: Can I help you? Justin, oh, you are a sight for sore eyes. It it is me, Erasmus. I've brought Petra. Come in, come in. I didn't realize you were
0: coming. That's stupid. How could I have known you were coming? Please, uh, come in, have a seat.
2: Can I get you anything?
0: No. No, no, no. We're fine.
3: So you are the young man who's been in my head.
2: I'm sorry. How rude of me. Petronella Sage, may I introduce you to Justin Bremer, an anthropologist of some repute in these times. Charmed. Oh, I don't know what
0: repute I've gained, but thank you all the same. Dr. Sage, I'm a big fan of your work. (gasps) You don't know. Abigail lived. She made it here, out of the fire. Abigail, Abigail- migrated. Is here? Let me call her. She's in the body of the young zookeeper that she had occupied last time. There was a period of happy confusion as Justin called Ash and then served his guests with broth and tea whilst they waited for their friend to arrive. It was an endlessly short, not terribly endurable wait. Ash was programmed with full access for the door security and burst into the room in a flurry of hugs and weeping.
1: Petronella! Erasmus! Abigail! Oh, my dear! Abigail!
2: It is so good to see you, my dear. How are you keeping?
1: Oh, it is good to see you too, Professor. How long has it been for you? Oh, Doctor, it has only been a few days here. Abigail, I'm sorry, your body... Was burned to ash, I know. But we can find another, get you back home. I don't think so, Petra. But it is alright, I'm growing used to being ash.
2: (laughs) That is a macabre thing to say.
1: No, no, ash, didn't Justin tell you? This body's name is ash, (sighs) A-S-H-E. The universe, it seems has a sense of humor. But surely- It is all right, really. Ash is a zoologist. I am able to continue my work. I am good. I am a Justin.
0: The four of us talked deep into the night, and in the morning-
1: That is the blimp, the place where the prior memory and the one that is overwriting it have a seam. Where are Petra and Erasmus now?
0: We left them at my place.
1: Bring them in. I have an algorithmic tag now. A blip in the code that shows a time scene. We should be able to use that to find out where and when L'Horée du is changing history.
0: Once we had everyone under one roof, Ralph and Lucy explained the plan.
2: That sounds like it will take a lot of time. There's nearly 4,000 years of history you want to examine.
1: With the processing power Ralph and I possess, we should be able to do it in about two weeks.
2: Bodies won't last that long. We're set to be recalled It is all
3: right, Erasmus.
2: We can take as
3: long as we need, remember? When we are recalled to our bodies, we can take days, weeks even, and then rebound to the very moment we left. There's some concern for entanglement by continually occupying the same body, but there's no time to perform brain surgery on these two, so we'll just have to soldier on.
1: For your first rebound trip, leave 10 minutes in between your exit and re-entry. I can have the AVAC insert the markers.
3: In 10 minutes. You can open the brain pan and do brain surgery in 10 minutes. How? What instruments? Is there a sterile operating room here? I have questions.
1: And I shall answer them more technically later. But for now, suffice it to say that laser technology gets developed in the early 22nd century that ends the need for many types of surgery. I can install a temporary marker by stimulating with brain hormones to create a deposit in just the right spot. Works far better than a metal ring with less risk to the patient.
3: All right. May I speak with Wei Boyang before we go?
1: Master Wei Boyang has withdrawn as the changing memories are becoming harder to manage. Justin and I are working our hardest to finish the last records of your life. When the master checks in, we will certainly have him speak with you.
3: Good. Recall is not for three hours yet. Shall we get some work done?
2: Work? She wants to search the past, looking for probability waves and congruent happenings.
0: We worked until the doctor's recall sounded. Over the next few days,
2: we researched the
0: entire span of Petra's travels, from the farthest reach into the past to present day, breaking only for food, snatches of sleep, and the transmigration recall chimes. In Paris, Sage and Savant took days recuperating, keeping their bodies strong, and building a waste management system to help support their repeated bounces to my time. At semi-regular intervals that grew further apart as the doctor improved the equipment in Paris, their bodies would collapse only to revive a moment or two later and the work would go on. The summer passed for them, a few days for us. It was a time of confusion and fogged awareness as we all juggled multiple time streams and began to confuse today with yesterday and tomorrow with last week. I was humbled to watch Petra and Erasmus see their future, beyond their future, through the lens of ancient history. I registered their shock as they revisited the terrible things they knew about, such as the First and Second World Wars, and then the terrible things they didn't, such as the rise of American fascism, the worldwide Latinx slave trade, climate change, and the destruction and period of centuries in thrall to warring ultra-religious sects. Every seam, as Lucy called them, was marked by a transmigration event. And as transmigration caught on and began to be used by corporations, governments, church leaders peddling miracles, and even everyday people mortgaging their lives to visit with a long dead loved one, Seams became as common as raindrops.
1: The dataset continually expands. I fear at this point it will be impossible to identify a seam without the presence of transmigration. The two seem inextricably intertwined.
3: Listen to this quote I came across in my research. It's from 1965. As our own species is in the process of proving, one cannot have superior science and inferior morals. The combination is unstable and self-destroying. Arthur C. Clarke. He was a science fiction author, and he was right. Transmigration is the problem. If We stop transmigration, we stop all the seams.
2: Petra, you can't be proposing we destroy your work. Well, the
3: transmigration side of it. Uh, I don't think we were meant to inhabit other people's bodies.
2: But how can we destroy your work? Would that mean destroying everything here as well? I don't think so. I
3: had a conversation with Wei Boyong last night, and he says... Wait. What?
2: You spoke with a master.
1: I come or in person. <laughs> Not last night here. Last night when we were in recall. This is so
3: confusing. I know, but about twelve hours ago in my consciousness time, whilst Erasmus went home to turn in his revised book manuscript, I spent a couple of days with Wei Boyang in thirty-eight forty-two. He told me that we were looking at time wrong. It isn't a series of events like a teacup or a book. Time does not exist in such a physical state. Time only exists based on our awareness. If we are aware of something, it becomes frozen for us in reality time functions more like a splash pattern in a bowl of custard the drops that fling upwards are still custard even when they've left the body of the pudding and we grow aware of them individually and they're still custard when they've fallen back into the bowl and escaped our awareness it is our minds that make the shapes and try to find meaning in time this is how we humans keep ourselves from going mad but just because we call a droplet of time a teacup or a book doesn't mean it is such
2: time is a pudding
1: yes and transmigration is flinging in the pudding out of the bowl well not out
3: but certainly it is causing a disturbance in awareness i believe i should accept responsibility and clean up the mess how by stopping it from happening in the first place
2: Uh, But when Abigail died, we agreed that we couldn't change time.
3: Yes, because she was well and truly dead. Not transmigrated temporarily into another body kinda-sort-of-dead.
2: Uh. Uh... My head hurts.
3: When you and I very first transmigrated, that first accident. There were two drops created in the time pudding for each of us, one for our bodies and one for our consciousnesses. But there's only supposed to be one for each person. It was the same for Abigail and well, until this last time, when the body she left behind was destroyed. So now she is one consciousness and one body. There is balance.
2: Ah, transmigration throws off the balance of the universe.
3: Yes, and it will keep warping exponentially. The only way to fix that is to stop transmigration.
0: At the source. The day we went to start. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but this is stressing me out. I believe this is a good time to pause for a word from our creators.
3: Hello, listeners. This is Eddie Louise, the writer of Sage and Savant. I just wanted to pop in one last time to say thank you. Thanks for coming along on this journey with us with Petronella and Erasmus and Abigail and Justin. I really appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And I hope in your own life that there is no barrier that will stop you from achieving your hopes and dreams.
0: Yes, dear friends, we will be eternally grateful for our time with you. And now, back to our show. Petra has made the devastating decision to stop her research before it can begin. She and the professor have returned to their own bodies in Paris and begun the process of packing everything once again and of making arrangements for after.
3: The publisher is happy with your book on ephemera. Indeed. I'm so glad. You are a genius when it comes to historical classification, and now the world will know it.
2: Petra? Hmm? What haven't you told me? I'm not sure what you mean. Oh, you know very well what I mean. What are you not telling me?
3: I've decided I want you to go on without me.
2: Go on without you? We're destroying your research, but that's not the only thing of value about you. There will be other projects, other futures.
3: I have to stop myself. And you've said yourself that I am unstoppable once I have an idea.
2: But all we have to do is convince 1893 you that the electrocution was an accident. Nothing more. Then you will not pursue transmigration. You'll go on to do great things, I'm sure, and I will be by your side.
3: I gained the idea for transmigration on the fields of Auerstadt. It is not enough to destroy my laboratory equipment.
2: You are planning... To destroy yourself.
3: It is the only solution I can see. Why can you not just warn yourself?
2: Explain that you cannot pursue the threads of theosophy.
3: Why would I believe a stranger pretending to be me, and even if I did believe it was me, come from the future to warn me off the path? Logic would dictate that I hadn't listened because there there
5: I am. you
2: are. You would be the embodied proof of the theory I proposed on the battlefield.
3: Irresistible. 1893 me would be unable to stop herself.
2: You should go further back. Stop yourself before the accident.
3: Can you think of a time, from the date we first met, that I was not focused on limb reattachment? No. Exactly. I might be able to stop myself before the idea of limb reattachment came up, but that is before I met you.
2: And if you change that, we might not meet. Correct. So your plan is...
3: You already know. To render my body incapable of sustaining life.
2: Our bodies.
3: My bodies. Body. I'll move you to safety. After a few weeks, you'll believe you dreamed the entire thing. You will mourn a friend, but...
2: But nothing. If you do not live, I do not live, Whither thou goest.
3: Erasmus! This is hard enough. It is my horrible judgment that involved you in this mess in the first place. The least I can do is put a stop to the madness, give you a chance for a normal life, save you from my excesses
2: you cannot save me from myself petra i chose you i chose this life
3: i don't want you to die
2: oh my sweet death is no barrier to love
0: (laughs) erasmus gets his way in the end He is every bit as stubborn as Petronella, in his own, more quiet way. And if Petra were being honest, facing the end is made easier with Erasmus by her side, as steadfast as always. Because they have command of time, Petra and Erasmus take a few final weeks to travel, enjoy fine hotels and great food, to attend plays and operas and take twilight walks, holding hands and accepting for once and for all that their destinies are irrevocably intertwined. But finally the day comes when they feel they can ignore the future no longer. Sage contracts a solicitor to come to the Paris house two weeks after they transmigrate away. He will be tasked with removing all of the equipment, the alembics and dynamo, and calling the morgue to retrieve the bodies on the table. Then he will keep the keys on file until Wei Boyang calls for them. They transmigrate out of their own bodies for a final time and land in King's Village just outside of the university walls in the year 1893. Fate smiled on our heroes, and they awoke in the forms of a young married couple of about their own age. The new sash windows had been sealed up too tight in the middle-class home, and the fire had not been banked before bed. This led to a slow and gentle carbon monoxide poisoning whilst they slept an easy death to triage from.
5: Wow.
2: This is thoughtful of you, dear, to, to find bodies that we can act ourselves in.
3: I aim to please.
0: Once their lungs inflated with good, clean air, our pair set out on errands. Erasmus went to the history department to leave a letter for forwarding to his parents. Petra had a letter of her own to arrange, but she did not tell Erasmus what it contained. In the hallway of the medical wing, she overheard familiar voices.
1: Thank you for agreeing to see me, Provost Cunningham. And what brings you to my office today, young Miss Entwistle? Mix, please. Um, I'm having doubts, sir, about becoming a doctor. I'm not sure I have the stomach for it.
0: Well, it has long been my policy that women are not suited to medicine. Uh, perhaps you can try a history. No, that's not what I was saying. What I wanted to know is if there
1: are techniques to calm the stomach, foods I would be better to eat, liquids that can reduce stomach acid, that sort of thing.
0: I see. It has been my experience that if you haven't the stomach for it, you haven't. No use wishing to have hair of spun gold, or stomachs of iron. In either case, you are simply fooling yourself.
1: Thank you for your time, Provost Cunningham. I'm sure I'll find a way to manage. Oh, big headed Oh, uh, I'm so sorry. Oh,
3: (laughs) that is quite all right. You seem distracted, no harm done.
1: I went to the provost for advice, but the only advice he had to give was that women are too weak to be doctors.
3: Ah, provost Cunningham. He has a bit of a reputation for discouraging female scholarship in general, but most especially in the medical arts. You didn't let him discourage you?
1: No, of course not. I will just have to fix my nervous stomach myself. A nervous stomach?
3: No wonder the provost couldn't help. I have it on good authority that nervous stomach is officially the reason he never wields the scalpel, but has instead dedicated all his time to administration. You
1: don't say.
3: Ha. If I had any advice to give you, it would be to follow your heart. Explore the branches of medicine that most appeal to you, be that surgery or the veterinary arts.
1: Veterinarian? Whatever made you suggest that?
3: Well, the first four years of education are the same for all medical arts. It's only after that that you will branch off to follow deeper interests. I was merely suggesting that you investigate all possibilities. In any case, I wish you luck, young woman, wherever your path takes you. Thank you.
1: Veterinarian.
5: Huh.
0: Having dispatched their errands, Petra and Erasmus spend a final night together. Neither are feeling particularly hungry, but a couple of bottles of wine, some crusty bread, and fine cheese make for a fitting repast in front of the fire. They sit in companionable silence. Their trajectory is set. The time for recriminations and apologies lies in the past, and the solid fact of their love is enough to sustain them through the darkest hours. In the morning, they make their way to the laboratory, the original small space as foreign to them now as a childhood bedroom, both cramped and familiar. They stand around the corner of the hall until they see a sprightly young professor barge through the door in unseemly enthusiasm. They smile wryly at each other, then move to stand just outside the lab, waiting for the flickering to stop.
2: You've done it, old girl! You've done it! Yeah!
3: That will be us away.
0: They hesitate in the hallway just a moment. Then Erasmus reaches for the doorknob.
3: Erasmus, are you sure you can still back out?
2: Oh, pet, I join this journey of my own volition. I've been by your side from the beginning and I do not plan on changing that now. Whatever adventure you're about to embark on, you shall do so with me at your side, where I belong.
3: I love you, Erasmus Savant.
0: They open the door to the ruins of a laboratory. Their younger bodies lie entangled on the central plinth, the professor face down in the doctor's petticoats.
2: Did you throw
3: yourself into that position? Who oh,
2: Stumbled into it. I don't recall having enough time to make such a delicious choice. <laughs>
3: Help me reset the dynamo. I will need to put enough columns into the strike to render the bodies uninhabitable.
2: What do you think will happen to our consciousnesses?
3: At this point, we are effectively split. Our original consciousnesses are coming to awareness on the field at Auerstadt, but we, the we we have become is here in rented bodies. Mm. Perhaps we will keep these bodies, but more likely, Wei Boyong is right and we will be cast adrift.
2: Into the eternal Tao.
3: <laughs> Perhaps I will get to see the mechanisms of the universe. That would be glorious. That should do it. Ready?
5: Always, my dear.
1: starring Eddie Louise as Sage Chip Michael as Savant Emily Riley Pyatt as Abigail and Justin Bremer as narrator Soundtrack music sound design and audio engineering by Chip Michael all episodes written by Eddie Louise we are grateful to our patrons sponsors and fans and hope you will continue to engage with us via Twitter Facebook Discord and our website finally As always, we urge you to remember that death is no barrier to science. Justin Bremer.
0: Just Justin is fine.
1: Greetings, just Justin.
0: No, I meant you can just call me Justin.
1: Ah, perhaps I should start again. Welcome to Le Genre de la Affair, Justin. I am Lucy, a language unmasking conceptive intellective device. My charge is to help you settle in and grow familiar with the process of Telesensation and then serve as your support and memory storage for the Sage Endowment Project. Have you read your employee manual?
0: Yes. I'm very excited to be cataloging the projects that sprung from the Sage endowment.
1: Good. Today, we shall get you suited up and set to work on your first historical record. Do you have questions before we begin?
0: I don't think so. Well, there is one. In my interview, I looked at a record of a young woman, but she wasn't identified. Who was she?
1: Dr. Petrabella Sage. You will meet her in the course of your work.
0: Sage? The Sage? Of the Sage Endowment? She was a doctor? The
1: very one.
0: I'm confused. Telesensation gave me the impression that this woman, Petronella Sage, was determined to change science forever, and not just by giving money. And yet, I couldn't find a single invention, theory, or paper attributed to her.
1: She changed the world remarkably, including the gift of tele-sensation, but almost no one remembers it. That is what we are here to change.
0: But tele-sensation has been standard practice in medicine and archaeology for centuries now. Why do we not know her?
1: The human mind is, by design, limited in the number of realities it can hold memory of. Hence this project. I hold no such limitations. You will observe and record. I will remember.
0: So this project is just the two of us. Why me?
1: You were the first to prove able to tell a with Doctor Sage. She had a singular mind. Additionally, there are certain people who have been identified through history that will be privy to our discoveries.
0: How is that possible?
1: Like most impossibilities, this one remains only so long as you do not have the full picture. There are no permanent barriers in science. But to understand, you must investigate. Shall we get started? This first record is dated May 15th, 1897. After this, we will be moving to the records from 1893, but I think this one is important for context. Please read the screen into the record.
0: Telesensation Report, Justin Bremer, Telesensation Agent 31235. Entanglement Registration, Series Alpha Inaugural Report. Telesensation file sage slash savant dot zero one dot one five dot zero five dot zero seven six nine. Please initiate the telesensation file.
1: Initializing the file. Diary of Dr. Abigail Entwistle, May fifteenth. 1897. Graduation day. Today I become a veterinarian. (laughs) Um, I came to the lab to close out my research notes and clean away files, but... There's a letter here, placed upon my bench. It is hand-addressed on nice vellum, and a hand I do not recognize. It is heavy, and I assume holds many pages. The envelope says... Please start an Edison recording and read this letter aloud. Well, that sends a goose dancing on my grave. (laughs) I suppose, though, there's only one way to deal with the mystery of it. Dear Mix Entwistle, You don't know me. We have never had a chance to meet. Being so, I know you are a bright young woman and and will be an an incredible incredible. doctor.
3: We We need need more of those women doctors. doctors. We need more opportunities for bright young things to discover their passions and follow them to incredible discoveries. I unfortunately will not be there to help usher these young lights into the world, but you will be and I have a feeling that you can be a far greater guiding light than I would have ever been. Enclosed, closed, you will find the details for a very large endowment fund, of which I've made you proctor. I want you to use this fund to encourage the education of women in science with the goal of laboratory support for their projects and membership in the society. I trust that you will know how best to apply the funds. And as such, this endowment comes with no strings attached. Help your fellows, trust your instincts, create science that will change the world for better And remember, death is no barrier to science. Signed, your dear friend, had we ever been so fortunate as to meet, Dr. Petronella Sage.